everybody. Welcome hello. back. Hello, 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 hello. You're listening to Riffs and Scripts. Riffs My and name scripts. is Cole Bryant. My name is Amber Sava. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, spring is in the air. Are you getting a it bit of sunshine where you are? Yeah, I, I am actually. Well, I've just been at the Avebury Stones. Um, so at, at time of recording, I think it's the first day of spring or the second day of spring. Not yeah, sure. Yeah, officially um, the second so, day of spring. So I've been at the Avebury Stones. Do you know what the Avebury Stones are? No, I don't. They're like a less popular but just as good Stonehenge. I had no idea that this stuff was so close to me. But there's like, well, like an hour away, 45 minutes away. Oh, they must be so pissed at Stonehenge down there. Like, you're not the only one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and here's the weird thing. All the houses are made out of the missing stones there. A3 is built in the middle of the ring. So there's like, it's like three stone circles inside each other. Yeah. And the actual village of Avery is just like in halfway in and halfway out it's really weird love it just as i said spring is in the air by the way like a pigeon flew right at my window like (laughs) (laughs) can i tell you a side note about pigeons before we get started i'd love to hear your side note about pigeons throughout lockdown you know me and my family have had nothing to do we've ended up just sitting in the evening and watching tv with 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 the curtains open during the start of lockdown because it was so bright for months because it started you know just as spring spring came in and we have a little garage. It's like an, an outside garage, like separated from the house. And on top of the garage, we've been watching two pigeons shag every day <laughs> since lockdown started. And and some days she'll be like, no, fuck off. And sometimes she'll be like, yeah, all right, then all right. Yeah, give it a go. All right, girl. <laughs> and um, and this, this one male pigeon has been trying to have it off with this one pigeon. This this lady pigeon through the whole of lockdown. Just putting the work in. And, uh, and sometimes she's like, yeah, right. And sometimes she's like, nah, fuck off. Um, so, another pigeon story. <laughs> My so my mum uh, has quite a lovely garden on a hill um, just outside London, and um, there were these two pigeons that met up in her garden like every day, and it wasn't quite as gross as yours. They'd meet up, they'd say hello, they were like courting, they were in love, and then one day a crow grabbed one of them. Oh my god, and that's flew so fucked off up. With it, and the other pigeon showed up and like waited for him. Oh How- no, that's <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> But I also I'm sorry, I find it a bit funny. I'm That's so awful. Um, where, uh, hear... here's, here's a weird fun fact, Amber. Where where I grew up in Tame, um, which is a wonderful part of the world in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know Tame. Yeah, you know yeah, Tame? yeah. Um, I work. I one of my jobs before lockdown was managing um the office for a guy who who wanted to relocate the offices to Tame, but then lockdown kind of got all in the way. And yeah, it was a whole Fuck thing. But dreams. yeah, I I know Tame. Yeah, I, that's where I, that's where I grew up. And in Tame, you um you're near Chinna, uh, the ch- kind of Chinna Hills, which is an interesting part of the world. Sorry, here's just a discreet burp. <coughs> Continue. Anyway, um and in Chinna they released red kites. Do you know what a red kite is? It's a bird. Yeah. It's a great yeah, big yeah. fucking bird with a, a big fan-like bird. tail that is yeah. red, red, red kite, and really great pretty. big birds. Yeah. And so my whole childhood was was um surrounded by red kites because that's where they reintroduced red kites onto the british isles so whoop, 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 is the sound that a red kite makes and uh, that, that was and you used to just look up into the sky and see like 10 15 of them at once all just circling around because they only eat carrion so they wouldn't have sold on that pigeon but if it was already dead they would have done so I that's, mean, that's a little, little that's fun fact about my childhood ethical. should we yeah. get into the episode Oh, we can, I guess, if you want. We're know, doing another whatever. ranked one, you guys. I'm going to be yeah. really honest. I don't. I'm quite an open, say all my thoughts out loud person. We realise that uh, we're still quite new. We're a baby podcast with a baby following. Baby. But we've realised that Literally when we baby. just sit and chat shit and argue and talk about our industries and stuff, they tend to be uh, quite popular. And so we thought we'd do another ranked episode. Yeah, yeah. This one is all about opening numbers. So Cole is going to talk about songs that start albums that he loves. And I'm going to talk about songs that start musicals that I love. Who went first last time? Uh, I have absolutely no idea. Should we flip a coin? Uh, if you have, a, yeah, we can flip a coin. I don't have a coin I've because got a, since I've got COVID, one of those little I have not handled change money. pots that's been sat on a shelf for two years. Yeah, do that. This you is its moment. One sec. <laughs> Guess what year this coin is from? 1973. No, 92. Wait, it wouldn't be that early, would it? No, it's 92. Um, 92. That was yeah. the year I was born. Oh, yay. Heads or tails? Um, Heads. You win. Go first. Ah! Oh, okay. Is that what winning means? Oh, okay. What you does you win, mean? you yeah, get I'll to go choose. First. I'm going to start with... Um, so, this is an opening um, track, um, which is a really, really famous song. 
and it, it has a, pe a peculiar opening that has been the source of much debate in the music world. This is A Hard Day's Night by The Beatles. It starts with this weird chord that was like no one really knew what it was for years because it's this strange 7th, 9th, 13th chord and everyone was like, well, it doesn't sound quite right if I play it just like that. And basically the chord is made up of the combination of two guitars and a bass. So no one was entirely sure. Um, but it's the first track on the album, A Hard Day's Night, A Hard Day's Night. Um, and um, that kind of signified that eventually the Beatles were going to get a bit trippy. They weren't on this album very trippy. Obviously the Beatles, you know, yeah. kicked off all this psychedelia, crazy, Sasha Pepper stuff. Smell. Yeah. Um, but this song, a brilliant, brilliant song, brilliant album, um, with, you know, Money Can't Buy Me Love and all these songs. And um, this was the kind of one of the lead singles off of that album. And it signified that music for them was going to go in a funny direction with weird, clever chords and stuff. And one of the weird things about the Beatles is that they didn't necessarily know much of the theory that they were using all the time which happens to a lot of musicians when they don't get kind of taught musical theory. Um, a lot of musicians who just have a really, really good ear, like Lennon and McCartney um, and George Harrison, actually, um, end up writing all these interesting songs with loads of interesting kind of musical ideas in them, but not necessarily having the language with which one would describe them. Um, so, for instance, weird time signatures and, um, you know, interesting kind of chord shapes and stuff like that. So... It's fun. It's very good. It's very good. And from the from the very first chord, it's it's a very famous chord. So there's a music shop somewhere where there's a guitar with the um someone's tuned the guitar to the notes of the chord. <gasps> so, so you can just um, so no 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 it's above the door. So when you open the door, it does the ding. Oh, that's It's been cool. a hard day's night. I like that. That's, so, that so, is yeah. a nice little that's yeah really fun little little bit of trivia there we go i think that's all i can really say it's just yeah, a really good dudes. song this, today might just be a nice chord. chat we might Plus just have a chat. Nice, we don't have to chat. argue and yell at each other and yeah. and i mean we can we can, well, i mean it's always an option why not <laughs> for god's sake amber um but yeah we've had we've had like Last week's episode was quite serious, so we talked about a load of topical things. And then our music and film episode, we just argued about yep. shit. So th because maybe today... you think that uh, the second Back to the Future film is shit, and I can't. I think can't it's. Deal with that. I didn't say it's shit. I said it's the worst of the Back to the Future movies. I mean, I guess if you, uh, if you let's not relive that. this. Let's not. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay, good. <laughs> so, um, I've I've tried to create a top five opening numbers of musicals. My my main criteria is set the tone. Like, tell me what I'm about to watch, but also yeah. get me hyped. Because yeah. I think there are lots of musicals out there with, with opening numbers that I just kind of went, okay, that was good, but like, you've not hooked me in yet. So that's what I've chosen. Uh, my number five is Little Shop of Horrors. Have you seen Little Shop? Do you know Little Shop at all? Of course I know Little Shop Horrors. There's some great songs in There's that as well. There's some incredible music. Son, be a dentist. I love that song. I love I'll Be a Dentist. Yes. Yeah, so the opening number is the title track, Little Shop of Horrors. Because I feel like I feel like back in the day, I feel like maybe... Because um, in the 70s is when some musicals shifted a bit. But before that, in like the old Hollywood musicals, I feel like... Um, they kind of built up to the big title tracks. Mm. Title tracks tended to happen like later on. Although, you know, mm. the sound of music opens with the sound of music. So maybe yeah, I'm true. maybe I'm talking out my ass. But and I just think lying. Little Shop starts with this is what you've come to see. It's so like it's so like it's so hype and excited and you've got the 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 girls singing and I don't know I just I just really like it this, this is the thing I think my top five today is very much down to personal taste that's fair but it tells I mean, you so what is you're mine. in for mine is really yeah it's really good and I know that it's not the opening track doesn't it lead quite nicely into uh, Skid Row down yeah. on Skid Row yeah. Yeah. which is such a good intro musical number here's yeah, the characters yeah. here's what's going in here's, here's going in yeah okay. here's what's going in. in but yeah I just I just really like Little Shop of Horrors I'm not That's, much um, of a connoisseur that I, I saw that for the first time like a few years ago and like I think one of my favourite ones, apart from the dentist one, because I love anything that's just hilarious like that, yeah, dark yeah, humour. For sure. Um, but I love her. Suddenly Seymour. Suddenly Seymour is a beautiful song. That's such a lovely song. song. And then there's Somewhere That's Green. Somewhere That's Green, I'm not yeah, the yeah. 
bit I, I I don't know somewhere that's green is the one in the musical that I'm like everyone loves it I get it but it doesn't I don't I don't put it on I don't play it while I'm cleaning kind of thing fair I did I little shop cleaning in like my Saturday stage school as a little kid they did a little shop but I was feed me Seymour sorry yeah. I was distracted then by all that noises I was, in my brain I was so young when we did it I didn't really I was like just like in the chorus but we had a great time it was so cute there were two brothers who looked really yeah. similar but were different ages and they were the early stages of Audrey 2 so you had this little yeah. four year old oh, yeah, with yeah. like the thing around his face going feed That's me so funny feed me now oh yeah because also the make me grow for me is another it's a great musical and yeah um, and little shop of horrors the opening number is great what's the what's the name of the guy um the actor Seymour Oh, oh, I know the guy. He was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, 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 because, yeah, yeah. because he, he's, he basically his wife died. Do you know about that? No. Okay, so so the actor, the reason why he was only in those films in the 90s was because his wife died and he had had these two young kids. And so he decided, I'm not going to be I'm an done. actor. Yeah. Because I'm going to look after my kids to make sure they have a wonderful, lovely life and because they're not going to have their mum to look after them now. So, yeah. um, I he, mean, priorities. He gave it all up. And everything. So, but you he, know, he did all these really the funny films, Ghostbusters. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. So. Well, that's such a shame. Anyway, yeah. what's your. He's a cool guy. He's cool What's guy. your next opening song? Number two. I've got to look at my little notes for number two. Okay, this is going to be a bit weird. I've just picked ones that I quite like. I, yeah, I think uh, I, I did the same of, today. I kind of picked Hard Day's Night because it's like, yep, this is a big one for album openers. Everyone knows that. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I've picked Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes song Juggernaut from the album Blossom. Do you know this song? I don't. I've, I know about Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, but I, so, I, I couldn't sit and chat about them. That's all right. So Frank Carter was in a band called Gallows. Um, and... Um, I'm not entirely sure what happened with that band, but basically he just got bloody sick of being in it. And um, uh, he left and he did, I think it was called Pure Love. He did this band that was kind of a bit more poppy. He basically, I think, wanted to do slightly more commercial stuff, but still wanted to do some heavy stuff. So Juggernaut is crazy heavy. Mm. And um, what's that particular subgenre of rap? Is it called Trap or something? What's it? Scare mm. makes sense. Okay, this, this guy, uh, I'm going to embarrass myself not knowing that, but basically... I, I I was listening to <laughs> I was I was listening to some some songs when I was I was working uh, a few years ago working in a pub and uh, doing the washing up or the washing up some cutlery or something right or doing some cutlery yeah, yeah. Up into boxes whatever and this guy was like mate I I love listening to this um to this really like fucking aggressive rap music because like man you guys can't take it so I put on Juggernaut by Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes which is just the most fighty song that I know. <laughs> And um, what happened was Frank Carter was in a band called Gallows for ages and he was frustrated. He left, he did a band called Pure Love, did a couple of really good songs with them and then has done Frank Carter and the Rattlesnake since, which is a band I love. And he's not a very singy singer. Usually I go for singy singers, but he's not. He's um, kind of punky, hardcore-y vocalist. Um, but the band Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes is almost a rock band, even though they have a bit of metal stuff in there and a bit of punk stuff in there. So... This this song, Juggernaut, starts with one of those weird chords, a bit like Hard Day's Night, and then comes with this fucking massive riff. Fucking great, right? And he's a really great lyricist. So uh, first lyrics are, draw an X on my forehead and cross me out. Call me lonely and lost, but I want to be found. For all those mistakes I could have made right, I walk out and die on this stage every night. Let me up, let me up, let me up. I want to break my neck. Cut me into pieces till there's nothing left. So very, you know, uh, quite enough. But there's a really clever lyric in there which is um, wrap me up in chains all soaked in petrol choking in the gallows like some wretched devil because he's talking about how the gallows was so restrictive for him so it sounds like it's like horrible blah 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 tear out my eyes etc though yeah. tear out my fucking eyes is actually a lyric in there mm. um, but it's about his story as a musician and how he's come to self-actualize being in his own band writing the songs he wants to do rather than be trapped into someone else's music. And it's very heavy and a great song. Yeah. Um, I've, you should um, listen to I Hate You by Frank Carr. While you were that. chatting, I thought of two fun little tidbits. One yeah. is, so when I was uh, like a preteen, I did like a lot of street dancing and break dancing. So yeah. there's like a, a little 
a period of like 90s hip hop that I really loved because I was so into the dance. Yeah. I loved You Got Served. When that film came out, I lost my mind. And um, Hip Hop Evolution is on Netflix and I've been watching it and enjoying looking at like the culture and the history behind like this because hip hop is punk. It's an underground type of music. Yeah, um, a bit like folk, weirdly. Is anyway. it like it's about being underground and counterculture, yeah. Exactly. So I'm enjoying that, but a lot. But it starts off a couple of years before I was born. So I don't know a huge amount, but I'm enjoying it. And then they talk about uh, Get Low. You know the song that goes to the yeah, window. Yeah, Little John. To the wall. To the, to the sweat. To the sweat drops down my balls. Yeah. Exactly. And when down I these bitches that, crawl. And when that got mentioned, my brain went. Oh, I remember this one. And then it cuts to someone going, man, that song was so big. Even the white girls were dancing to it. And I was like, oh, man. And it's now yeah. it's now just this song that I can't I can't stop like noticing and seeing. So I was teaching my dance classes and there's a dance move where you do like a little search thing, you know, like, oh, this way yeah. and this way. And my other teacher went, so guys, make sure we're all going the same way. So first we go to the window, then and to then the we wall. Go to the and wall. then me and one girl in my my class went to the window. <laughs> this one yep. little 10 year old who I'm going to be really honest, the only little black girl in that class. And yep. me and her were just like, I see so funny. you. And then I was watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> today, which is one of my favorite programs. It. And it got it. played in that. And I'm just like, I just love this. <laughs> um, another funny tidbit moment was uh, another part of my teen years was loving kind of emo-y softcore music yeah, and I remember like that being a bit of an identity crisis because my like hip-hop dancer friends were like oh you're such an emo and stuff like that and I was like oh my god you Ugh. can you're allowed to like like um multiple different multiple songs, genres yeah. when you're a teenager but it just it so many people found it so hard to accept but anyway um and me and me and music tech boyfriend were h hanging out the other day talking about a friend of his in a band and he showed he was like you met him and then showed me some of the music and i was like just so you know kitty and i would have eaten that shit up when we were teenagers huh. it was just so balanced between hardcore and not too hardcore and yeah. the music video it was just so and i was like i can picture us doing our eyeliner and sharing a pair of straighteners while yeah. we listen to this. And I, I saw her for a walk the other day because we're allowed to do that now. And I hadn't seen her in person in nearly a whole year. And she's like my best friend. And mm. I was like, by the way, do you know this band Shield? She was like, yeah, obviously. And I was like, there we go. <laughs> nice. Anyway, it's sorry, funny that, that the, 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 how cliquey music gets because um, oh, I know. as you as you probably noticed, Nath is he's not very much like that as he's wizened. And but a little up. bit. But, but he's a little bit... I listen Ooh. to this and I don't listen to this. Yeah. That's one of the reasons he doesn't really like musicals, to be honest, I think. Um, Stubbornness. Uh, partially because a lot of the acty people looked down on him and us. Um, but because I was kind of a bit of an acty person, then they didn't look down on me as much, so I didn't care. But um, Is it because he's scared we... the actors will take you away from him? Mm, if uh, we want to really get be. into it, maybe that's in there. It might be. You know. <laughs> Sorry, just um, lay some truth bombs about Nathan on the podcast. I mean, fair, fair enough, you know. But um, there was uh, an interview we did once where we were talking about, you know, um, what bands into it, it, like influence you. And all the people in this subculture want you to say like, oh, yeah, I love Van Halen and I love Blackstone Cherry and I love OCDC and Black and Sabbath. No, I, said, I like all those and, things. And I just went, actually, I'm really fucking enjoying James Blunt at the moment. Because James Blunt James is like Blunt the best songwriter music, of that yeah. decade. Yeah. Literally. If you listen to that Back to Bedlam album, it's like, oh, this is just better than everything anyone else was doing at the time. And basically, everyone got sick of You're Beautiful. Yeah, and, including and, me, to um, Everyone did, everyone yeah, did. Yeah. And, I, and I didn't really discover James Blunt like until 10 years after mm. because, you know, it was on the radio all the time. I like Dido as well. Dido's yeah. fantastic. I don't see why. Love bit of Dido. Do you remember Cheap the Maroon 5 album? Was it Songs About Jane, was it called? That was a banging oh, album. I can't remember. That was a great album. That was one of the albums the Sava family kept in the car and would listen to on journeys. The Sava family. The Savas. Big yep. up. Um, Very savvy. Big up the Sava. Big massive. up to Savas. Um, to you did, Sava massive, eh? You did your second one, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did my second one. That was Frank Carter. Give me oh, your yeah. second. My second. So I'm being less strict on the exact order. I've got my top five in front of me and I'm just kind of trying to pick as I go. I'm I mean, gonna go I just with... picked five that I liked, you know? Yeah, same. No, I definitely tried to pick a top five, but I didn't put them in an exact order like I did with childhood musicals. But I'm going to make my number four um, the opening ballad of Sweeney Todd. 
as you all know i was in sweeney todd i actually um they did a really good interpretation of it lots of ways that they reimagined it but one one element was um the little boy toby who i was playing but we made that a girl because fuck gender casting um (laughs) opened it so it's just first of all i really enjoyed it but that's just me talking about my life but i think it again it really sets the tone it tells the story and also my friend pointed out it's hella metal do you know the lyrics no i don't swing your razor wide sweeney hold it to the sky freely flows the blood of those who moralize like there we go mm, lovely that's like a spoken word piece you know um it's so dramatic it's so operatic and intense and yeah and yeah it's because it's it's very a tenth tale of sweeney todd do 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 it's very like come into our evil yeah, little yeah, yeah. world and hear hear the story of the of the folklore sweeney todd like it's so atmospheric it. it sets up the mu- like one of the biggest critiques from like the theater nerds that tim burton's sweeney got was that it didn't do the ballads because mm. the ballads are so epic they are so epic so in the original production i believe because we i can't remember the word for it but we bought for our show the the like the sheet music but like the og sheet music kind of thing i can't remember the word for it sorry about it guys but um it had a description and it said like the original uh, implied had a load of people like digging like digging a grave literally on on, on the stage we did it we uh i say we it wasn't my interpretation ethereal theater who by the way have already said they'll come on at some point like they're totally up for it but um ethereal theater had this interpretation of of it being like based in hell because it's so dark and it's so gothic and oh i just think that and yeah so we had it as um we had kind of uh, the the chorus of dancers were were like demon-esque but it was really cool um and yeah it was it's such an epic opening number and it's it starts off as quite yeah come listen to this story but by the end you've got all these people doing like a da 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 it's Boom. so you would fucking love it man it's so would. intense so yeah i just think again sets you up for the show it's a it gets you excited and pumped for what's coming it's it's so like there's a bit where yeah you have the big choral bit and then it goes into these really fast like strings like it gets your heart pumping so good that's what we like yeah we like that's what we like oh mate i might switch around go for it considering things that are um make your heart start pumping because speaking of um, i feel like our next ranked episode you should do something about the theater and film world and i should do something about music yeah i think? think we should do a switcheroo yeah a at switcheroo. some point in the future um so i'm gonna speak about uh okay so i've not chosen my favorite ones they were just ones that popped into my head because we only decided like two days ago to do this yeah we're like what should we talk um, about this week <laughs> yeah so we were just like what should we talk about this week oh shit because we didn't really have anything planned no um, we didn't in all honesty so uh Here's one I pulled out my bum. Uh, Ooh, here's going... one I made earlier. Exactly. I made earlier from my bum. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is uh, by ACDC. Yeah. And um, this is... Now, weirdly enough, on the album that this song is from, it's not the first track on the album, but on the live album that I talked about last time we did Top Fire, so I'm, I'm referencing back, if yeah. you want Blood, you got it. Yeah. The first track on the live album, if you want Blood, you got it, is mm-hmm. Riff Raff from ACDC. Um, and it's so atmospheric, and they do all this stuff where they build up the tempo, and it starts out with just this lone guitar riff. Mm-hmm. And that live album, as I said before, is an amazing live album, but it's a bit of a masterclass in kind of stagecraft and how to how to write a set yeah um and you always start with a huge huge number get everyone's blood pumping just as you were saying so riff raff by um acdc is one of my very favorite songs of theirs from the bon scott era um and it's kind of about being a singer in a rock and roll band basically um and the guitar work is amazing it's pacey it's nuts it gets everyone going really 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 good and because it's on a live album you know i i've always thought that live is really where a band should live it's you know uh, like um that's that's what you are is your live show 
So an album should be a kind of a reflection of that. And, you know, do weird trippy stuff on an album that you can't necessarily do live unless yeah, you've got sure. pre-recorded stuff. But but it's know, a, a live should... medium. That's Yeah, it, it's, being in a band is a live medium. Thing, yeah. it's, it's what makes a band different to like an artist. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, sure. I mean, not all artists, you know. No, I see what you mean, of amazing, cool. but 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 bands, yeah, they live on stage. So um, for me, that song, Riff Raff, perfectly sets up how you should start a set because it's it's all about um building up you can you know the persona of angus because angus is on his own playing that riff at the start and comes in and then all the band comes in to join him so yeah riff raff by acdc and people say you know you were saying you were listening to a bit of acdc people say acdc all sounds the same that's very much less the case in the earlier albums which are the bond scott albums and riff raff as a song you will be like what that doesn't sound like anything acdc that i know because it's so different in terms of tempo and yeah it still follows mm. effectively that kind of one four five twelve bar chord sequence okay um but it's a really interesting take on that and it's you know if you were cherry picking acdc songs you yeah. could get loads of different songs that all sound completely different yeah but yeah it's, just it's that totally they did true a lot. yeah they did they've well they've done like 17 i think it's more than that how many albums something like 20 albums or something it's a lot because um, i i remember looking it up after our album chat and i was like i want to listen to an acdc album and i was like fuck which one should i <laughs> yeah no pick, they um you know i'm gonna look it up they've done because i've got wikipedia open literally right in front of me they've done oh, bloody loads of albums one two three four five six seven eight nine they've done hundreds of the buggers yeah, right? yeah. So, <laughs> hundreds um, of the buggers <laughs> Uh, and yeah, they, they basically found this Australian pub rock sound that sounded like them and no one ever did it better. So they just kept doing it. And you know what? There is something in that if it ain't broke, don't fix it thing. Also, I do, like, I do, it's, think of know. it from a branding perspective, okay? Yeah. You've got a unique voice. You've got a unique sound. When that first album came out, it was groundbreaking and new and yeah. interesting. So we only we only feel I I would argue that we only think that it gets repetitive when we look back in hindsight. But when ACD yeah. in the seventies, they were fucking they were heroes of music. Yeah, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with doing what you do well. And it, it, you know, like it's really difficult to make as many albums as they did and work for as long as ACDC have worked and not have some stuff that. Mm that gets a bit repetitive. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of the Manic Street Preachers, but I've got to yeah. give them credit that their albums are so unique and different. Mm. But that's hard. That You yeah, can't yeah, expect yeah. that. And the more longevity a single band has, and you there aren't that many bands with more longevity than ACDC, no. the more likely you are to get something and go, oh, this sounds a bit like something they've done. If someone only had two albums and both albums sounded the same, a whole other thing i've had that i'm not gonna say because i don't want to slag anyone off but i had that where i was a massive fan of a breakthrough album then the next album came out my mum and i loved it i bought the next album and we were like oh, it's, it's, it's the same it's not that's <laughs> the same album. I, okay never mind i mean i yeah but i, I, don't, I don't think, think that applies I, to acdc i don't i don't think any acdc fan would say yeah all the albums sound really really different and all this no. song, like like that thing about the thing is, they just hit a groove that a lot of people like. Anyway, yeah. enough about my love of ACDC, because it's probably going to come up again later. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, So that <laughs> that takes us on. That was my number three. Okay. Amber, what was your number three opening number? My num Okay, so my top three were really difficult for me to decide which of these top three goes in what order. I think I've got it right, but this is just my truth, you guys. If it hurts you, I'm sorry. <laughs> Theatre fans are intense. My number three is The Circle of Life from Lion King. What an amazing song. That is, is a, that is an absolute best. That is a great decision. That deserves to be in the list. It deserves the, the top three songs. place, doesn't it? Yeah. In, in musical so opening good. numbers. And it's true in the film. And it's true live. It is absolutely yeah, iconic yeah. and that first note just gets you it just makes your solar plexus go oh something beautiful is about to happen the way they do it and in the really... movie is stunning the obviously yeah. the 90s movie i haven't watched no, the shitty remake and i refuse so to good. i don't even know if the songs are in it i don't think they are but <laughs> in like the the renaissance disney lion king that is amazing the sunset is beautiful all the animals gathering the apex as they hold simpa up is all stunning but also have you seen it in the theater i've always wanted to but never have it's almost too good <laughs> because it's, it's, it's almost too good it's i would argue good. it's the best bit of the show 
<laughs> and then, or just because the opening is so good. Though. Because it's it, it so really, really is. brilliant. The imagery and stuff. The Im- the Im- um, okay, there's so much that's stunning about it. So when you see it live, it is sung by the actor who does Rafiki. But it, Rafiki isn't necessarily in like an animal costume. Rafiki's in a very um, I don't well, I don't know the cultural details. I'm sorry for my ignorance, but in a very like African inspired. Well, he's the storyteller, isn't he? He's yes. Kind of like the he's he's um, the in between. Yeah, and so sings that opening. It's told through his eyes, effectively. Yeah, and and sings it beautifully. I think usually played by a female, but it's truly hard to tell because uh, Rafiki in costume, if you if you look it up, um, it's very covered. It's it's, it's colours, it's it's accessories, yeah. it's nail extensions, it's it. necklaces, it's layered. So uh, the gender really doesn't matter all that much, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm sorry if, if I've missed something there, you guys. I really am. Um, but again, live, you've got that singer who just walks out onto stage and like holds, it's really, it's really famous, like holds out this hand that's got these long nails like pointing out into the horizon. And then you have the most stunning like animatronic puppetry ever. Um, People do it like with, the one that I love is someone doing some kind of like cat-like animal, like a lion or a leopard. and, And it's attached to her by the hip so that her back legs are the back legs and then she like puppets the front legs in front of her. The use Mm. of costume and the creation of the animals, people are at the balconies with like birds on sticks doing like, like as if they're flying above your head. It's just magical <laughs> Brad. and the music itself is stunning and you're there I love Lion King. it pulls you straight into their world and you turn I, I went and saw it i saw it when i was a little child but then i also saw it when i was 19 i was working um in in marketing for theater uh, as an intern during a summer at uni which was a great summer and um lion king uh, became one of the clients so the whole staff got to go see lion king mm. for free and it was on like my last day there which was such a great way to end my summer my point is you had all of these full grown people who obviously love theatre, but in this audience in their thirties going, Oh, it's yeah, so yeah, yeah. magical. Like it brings out this childlike awe yeah, yeah, yeah. and it oh mwah. I think for for me, like Stunning. um I've always thought Lion King was the best Disney film. And uh, I've always felt that way. Okay. And um, I mean, I'm inclined to it, agree it, with it. It's so it just typified because it came out like just art like 93 or something yeah yeah film. i think it was 93. um we, i was like two or one one i would have been one year old in i was born that year um, uh. and um so having that in my childhood like you know simba was a kid and i was a kid oh, and for sure. it's it's one of those big for me my childhood films and that that my my whole childhood is contained within that film it's you know also what I mean? heartbreaking they yeah, didn't it's, hold it's, back it's so sad it's such a sad film. So, a and it's of all about ago, things. Things end, and then other things yeah. begin, and that's that's and what that's happens. what that's about the circle. That's, of life. Why, that's why it's all typified in the circle of life. That's yeah. what it's all about. The and, message is You know, stunning. the son becomes the father, and da, 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 all this what, stuff. And our bodies become and, the grass, and you know, we all we all Africa keep each Hamlet. other alive. African Hamlet. Um, a couple of months ago, I was PMSing really badly, and yeah. I said to my boyfriend, I was like, I think I'm just gonna sit and, and watch some disney because i find it comforting it's my childhood Fair. i'm gonna yep. just sit and watch some good old-fashioned disney on the sofa and he was like yeah no worries sweetheart i'll leave you to it and so i did that cue an hour later i storm into his like office game room crying my eyes out and i just went lion king was a bad choice <laughs> like, oh my god re- what have you done <laughs> do not watch lion king if you're hormonal you guys that's really sad. oh my god when he's trying to wake up Mufasa, it's so sad anyway Anyway, so that's my number three, you guys. Boom. It's stunning. You can't. No, I don't think anyone. I don't think I've ever met someone that went. Nah, don't think that's good. I've, I've someone, never met someone. Someone did say that to me once. What about the circle of life? To, they didn't like Lion King that much, and I was like, "What's the what? what Who do hurt you? Just you? not have a soul. Yeah. You know? Are you literally a psychopath? That's the only reason I why. Can't, it's I can't like when someone it. says, oh, "I don't really like bacon." It's just like, well, that's just a lie, isn't it? <laughs> bacon, bacon's so good that two religions banned it. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm glad really I made you laugh me. that well. That really got me. There you go. You got you got my cackle on 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 record. Love it. Oh, bacon's so good that two religions. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anyway, anyway. What's your number oh, two? God. Well, I've got um 
I've got a dilemma because the ones I wrote down here, I, I just realised when we were talking that I um, had one other one prepared that I was going to talk about, but... Um, I, I'm going to do a, a quick round shout-outs of yeah, the ones do, I didn't I'll do include later. later. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I'm going to do... I, I don't really care that I've already kind of talked about these bands before and stuff, but I'm going to do Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath from the album Black Sabbath. Um, <laughs> also by Black Sabbath. So Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. <laughs> Something's um, happened, you guys. I got giddy. I don't know what it is. When I start laughing, I can't stop. <laughs> so just your voice going, I'm going to do Black Sabbath from the album Black Sabbath by the well-known band Black Sabbath. I don't know if yeah. you know it. <laughs> don't, know if you know. Uh, don't know if you've uh, heard of Black Sabbath, but I quite like Black Sabbath. They're a good band, Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, um, of course, yeah. So, um, yeah, basically, um, there's a few reasons why I chose this one. Um, Black Sabbath is not the best, nor everyone's favorite album by black sabbath but it was really important because it was really the first metal album and metal didn't exist until that album and then afterwards it existed yeah. you know that's that's why it's significant that song also contains in it everything you want in a metal song it's got some great heavy riffing and it's got lots of atmospheric stuff um and it's got texture it's got everything you want in a metal song is contained within that one song starts off with just rain and a church bell Mm. Um, oh yeah and um sorry. This, basically oh just, yeah oh yeah I'm yeah so yeah sorry. i love it yeah it's fine i'm just i was about to talk about this really interesting kind of music historical stuff but that's I'm fine sorry, yeah don't worry just into the mic so, was like mm, like barry black White. sabbath <sighs> black sabbath started as a bluesy um a, a kind of jazzy blues band right and they weren't called black sabbath rages and um you know they were doing all these kind of blues and jazz festivals are not really getting anywhere and then one day um Tony played this riff bow, 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 which is very similar to Mars the Bringer of War by Holst if you're interested um so Geezer Butler the bassist actually claimed that he came up with the riff but no one's quite sure but basically it set off this thing because um the intervals that are used in that first track is a diminished fifth which I've talked about before or an elevated fourth if you will and it's the scary, you know, interval. You know, it sounds yeah. scary. So um, immediately that kind of sets the precedent for what metal became. It was about scary, heavy, heavy music. And um, it, it, it basically, when they started, they started playing that song and people used to run out of the room screaming. Wow. As in people would faint and stuff because no one had ever really heard anything like it. Yeah. And it set the blueprint for what they became. And their second album, Paranoid, which is probably the most popular, um, definitely the most popular and best-selling um, Black Sabbath album, um, it set the blueprint for what that would become. Hmm. And then you, yeah, they had this amazing career of all these crazy heavy riffs. But they basically set off a whole trend with this one track at the start of this one album. So that's pick number four for me slash because uh, well, it's I'm the doing song a- that okay. set off heavy metal and it's all contained in one thing it's very see, cool see uh you're calling yours number four i'm trying to make mine out to be a bit of a countdown okay so, so number, number two that was your number two right. i just did a number two i mean it's a, it's low-hanging fruit but i also can't blame you yeah you know. anyway my number two is um, the opening song to Hamilton, which is called Alexander Hamilton. I love okay. it for so many reasons. Okay, so many buckle reasons. up. Like buckle it tells up. you, it gives you so much information. So I can talk about it without making any spoilers because it's the opening number, but it's really, really informative. It, again, it sets up the kind of show you're going to watch beautifully. Like I've been, I, I actually bought Hamilton tickets for me and the boy. F- and we were meant to go in 2020 and obviously that never happened. And I don't think I'm going to get my money back because of a whole thing. It's so annoying. Anyway, but my point is I could, I played him that song. Like this is the opening number and it's really good. At, again, saying look, this is the show you're going to come and see. It gives you so much atmosphere. It's stunning. Um, fun fact. I remember once I was teaching a holiday course with, with a bunch of kids and the oldest kid in the room was like bonding with me over musicals and bless him. He was in that, he was at that age where he felt too old to be there. So wanted like attention from the teachers more than the other kids. Cause they were yeah. all a lot younger than him. And he was like, during the break, he was like, oh, can we put some musicals on? I was like, sure. As long as it's um, okay for the kids to hear. He went, okay, put on Hamilton. And I just got really close to him before lockdown. And I went, 
the third word is bastard. And he was like, oh yeah. Because <laughs> it goes, how does a bastard orphan son of a whore? And I could do the whole thing and I won't. My point is it's stunning. And it tells you so much. Like it's, again, it tells you the ending at the beginning and it, it, it gives you so many hints and you've got all these people singing. Like, I, so like one of my favorite moments is there's a bit where like it, flashes between all the main characters of the show so yeah. you've got the actor who you don't know yet but he's gonna play um here comes the general washington um <laughs> that was how you had to remember the name of, the of george it's how, washington it's how they introduce the him. general here comes the general i nearly said it don't worry about it anyway so not one got, of the most famous presidents he, in america well, no, he is but my point is the, so that actor goes um me i trusted him and then everyone goes me i died for him then you hear three voices go me i loved him and the first time i heard that i was like oh drama <laughs> drama llama it it gives you so many like delicious little hints and then someone goes and i'm the damned fool who shot him so you know you're gonna get this guy's whole life start to finish yep. and it's so good like oh i'm just like, love things grabbing like that, my contain... table like just trust me about how good it is boom yeah I, I love things that contain the whole thing yeah. in them at and the yet, start you will and still yet, watch it and, and cry your fucking yeah eyes and out. you have to watch the story unfold yeah um which would be a brilliant segue for another opening track if i hadn't chosen another track but um <gasps> dun, dun, dun. so i will do it in an honorable mention that one okay cool. um but uh i picked it's not i mean these aren't my favorites these are just ones that i thought of that i just loved right yeah yeah so for sure. um i'm gonna pick it's another acdc one don't judge me um, I'm judging. I mean, you. It's, it's, it's our bloody podcast. I do whatever I like. <laughs> anyway, ACDC. <laughs> so um, I picked Hell's Bells, which is the opening track from Back in Black by ACDC. Mm-hmm. There's a few reasons why. So, one, another, interestingly, another one with Rain and a Bell. Um, okay. So. You, you just, that, that works for you, apparently. Rain. Rains and Bells tickle, tickle your fancy, don't they, mate? Yeah, why not? Rains and bells. Sounds like some weird innuendo that I can't quite place. You know, my I friend... has rain. An old friend Maybe of mine at rain. uni... Maybe when I'm an I was, awful person. An old friend of mine at uni when I was like had a load of work to do, she put on rain sounds on YouTube and, mate, it's so nice. It's so good, isn't it? To, when you've got loads of work so you don't want to get distracted because if I put on musicals, I'll just sit and play the musical in my head. You know what? Another thing is really weird. What? I don't know if it's still, still there now, but on Netflix, there used to be just a fireplace for like an hour. I know we loved it. We did that a lot. Yeah, Just yeah. Just put that yeah. in the corner. Yeah, we did uh, that. That's anyway, cool. carry on. Um, so, Back in Black is the first album after singer Bon Scott died, right? So, Back in Black is also the biggest selling album by a rock band ever. Um, really? It's the third best selling album of all time. So, I think it's like. What um, are the other two again? I feel like I you've told remember. me. I think it's Thriller and something else. It oh. will obviously be Thriller because Thriller is the biggest album of all time. Oh. Uh, let's look it up. Biggest albums of all time now that's not including things like i think Isn't the Google eagles great. greatest hits oh, I fucking um, love the Eagles. okay so it's changed now so apparently the eagles greatest hits is number one michael jackson's thriller is number number two eagles hotel california is number three and acdc back in black is hotel four, california so is one of the best albums um, of all time it's a brilliant brilliant facts song actually but um it's my mum and dad's song it's all hotel a bit confusing california. there's there's no real way to um quantify it because the numbers are kind of a bit yeah. shaky they always shift but, it. Um, but anyway because bat out of hell is up there as well but basically i've been waiting ACDC's... for you to mention bat out of hell <laughs> yeah acdc's back in black is one of the biggest selling albums of all time right huge album and basically bon scott died after highway to hell not long after highway to hell either and they they were just like shit what are we gonna do like is the band over because our lead singer died you know and i've talked yeah, about this yeah. before it was a huge moment and bon scott was also like one of the best front man front men yeah. in all yeah, of yeah, yeah. rock music really 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 good and um he died with uh an issue involving alcohol and <sighs> Such two shame. weeks later i think it was angus rang malcolm might have been malcolm rang angus but basically they said right we're gonna rehearse then or what which is nuts because yeah. Like they'd been they'd been together for years, and then and it's like, like, how are we just going to do it do then start? or not? Yeah, and um, they auditioned. Now here's an interesting fact: they wanted Noddy Holder from Slade. 
to oh, be the really? new singer of ACDC. But weirdly, Slade um, had a comeback in 1980. Mm. So they didn't choose him. And they chose a singer from a band called Geordie, who was a Geordie guy um, called Brian Johnson, who's one of the other most famous rock singers. And um, then did the album Back in Black, which they'd started working on with Bon, apparently. Oh. So um, some of those riffs, Bon would have heard them, you know. So very sad. And they did a couple of um, kind of songs in tribute to him. They did one called Have a Drink on Me, which is about, um, which is kind oh, of don't. in tribute to him. Oh, um, even just that title. Yeah. Have a drink on me. The lyrics were never, I, in my opinion, the lyrics were never as good after Bon Scott died. All, all the lyrics from the Bon Scott era are really kind of sleazy, but fun, but they kind of hold together really well. And there's yeah. loads of innuendo stuff that's really fun in there. And um, in my opinion, it was never quite as good. And some people even thought that um, You Shook Me All Night Long. You know that one. I do. Um, some people thought that Bon Scott wrote the lyrics to that because it had a couple of kind of innuendos in it that were very Bon Scott. So, you know, I guess we'll never know. Um, I'd have to look it up. It's probably not. They probably just wrote it because they were trying to write in the same style. But, you know, it's a brilliant album. And Hell's Bells is a fantastic song. It's so atmospheric. It starts off with this this quiet intro and then... Brilliant riffs. Again, one of ACDC's biggest, best tracks. And also sounds really different to a lot of other ACDC tracks, like we kind of said before. You know, they have these moments where they do something that's radically different to all the other stuff they do. Yeah. You know, like Thunderstruck is an example of that, with that crazy riff that goes all the way through. Really, really tricky. But, you know, so, yeah, brilliant album opening, Hell's Bells by ACDC. And an album that just is amazing. Phenomenal album. Phenomenal, is a huge phenomenal part album. in rock music history. Yep. Love it. Every track on that album. Speaking is of history, brilliant. that's going to move me on to my number Segway. one opener. Is this my, number one? My my number one, and I've thought this for a long time, because actually I remember at the office that I mentioned um, that I managed, uh, I, I got the job through a friend who, who worked there. And one day he, he, he loves, he loves um, any kind of like brain teaser conversation. So he would love this episode, things like opening numbers and opening yeah. songs. He loves rock music. He, like th- he's, he's, he would love this stuff. And yeah. he said to me one day, what do you think's your opener? And I said this one, it was the first thing I thought of. And then I put loads of thought into it afterwards and still was like, no, I was right the first time. I believe in my heart, the best musical theater song opener is... is- Welcome, Welcome. Brilliant and choice. Let me choice. tell you well why. <laughs> brilliant, 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 brilliant. That was really good. That's right. a, that's I, I approve of this choice. <laughs> Cole Bryant approves this message. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say that. So, first of all, it's a banger. That's let's just get that out of the way. It's a very Boom. good song, okay? Secondly, it represents the whole one of the biggest messages in cabaret so in the same way that the circle of life um sums up the whole message of lion king being about endings and new Mm -hmm. beginnings i think that cabaret at its heart is saying please please remember the beautiful thing that germany once was yeah before obviously the rise of nazism and all that jazz and I think that nothing encapsulates. So obviously, we all know Nazis. We know that they were cunts, right? And they hated they were cunts. anything that to was be fair, other. To they, be fair, the Nazis were cunts. They hated all otherness. Yeah, they were. They were homophobic. They were racist. Disabled they, they, people. Yeah, obviously. I mean, people. yeah, ethnic cleansing. Fuck them. Hate them all. Right. Now, there's no better way to show that that is not Germany than by having an opening number that says welcome in three languages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Isn't that so powerful? Straight away. Yeah. Really, really good. So it's a, every every lyric is in German, French, and then English. Welcome. Oh, it's a lovely song. I wanted to play that guy. I wanted to play that guy when I first saw it. Oh, I, I, get, I get that. I really do. And there's so much about that m- movie... And the musical and that is just so stunning. And it and like it's this it's this like love letter to the beautiful, accepting, artistic underground world that, that Germany did have. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and I think that Willkommen um sums it up just so well. Another thing I love about it is um okay. Do you remember? Do you remember me talking about Chicago, which is one of my honourable mentions? But how I thought fo- yep. I thought that they tried to make it too pretty um, without making it spectacular, but also yep. not gritty. 
if you watch, oh, if you watch that, the, the 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 woman, the, the um, cell block tango, yeah. But yeah. if you watch Real Comment in the movie, there's something about the way that it's filmed. You feel like you're in this crowded underground club. And you it's, feel it feels like, dirty and sweaty. Yeah, it, it feels, feels yeah. sweaty. You can practically smell them. I love that Sally Bowles isn't at the front making a big entrance. The first time you see her, and it's Liza fucking Minnelli, one of the most iconic I was gonna say, moments I thought it was, yeah. in musical theatre history, and her introduction is her at the back singing in the chorus with all the other women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another thing I love about it is it's not a load of women. Uh, look, don't get me wrong. I fucking love lingeries and corsets and suspenders make me feel sexy and empowered and I love it. But I no, like that that's too. not the aesthetic. I like that they look kind of cheap. They've just slapped on a bit of rouge. They've got homemade yeah, yeah, yeah. looking kind of costume sexual things because that's what it is. And I don't know. And they're not all stick thin. No one had any money for a Everything about it is beautiful. And then like moving on to the, another song. I love, I love the song Two Ladies. Diddly, 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 diddly. Two ladies. And it's about polyamory. And and it's just so accepting and beautiful. And oh, I just love it. Um, what's the other one? Yeah, Money. It's been a fine Mine affair, hair. but now it's over. Uh, yeah, I sang song. that song Cabaret at a gay bar once. And I was like, the, the gays loved me that night. They were like, the yeah. The gays loved me. <laughs> And again, parts of that song are in German. It's yep. and parts are in English. And this this beautiful, accepting, multicultural, linguistic aspect. That, oh, I just fucking love it so Lots much. Of fun. Lots so there of you fun. go. Boom. I would say that that is the number one musical opener in there my heart. I want to do a couple of honourable mentions for, for me that I Please didn't do. do. Yeah. So uh, number one is the opener to the album Led Zeppelin 2, which is Whole Lot of Love, which is a fucking great song. Um, I've always been of a weird um, thing with Led Zeppelin because quite a lot of their songs are shit. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's like, if you just listen to all the albums, quite a lot of their songs are really a bit There's pants. a lot of filler in um, there. <laughs> you know, but, but when they hit it, they really fucking hit it, you know? Like, you know, Whole Lot of Love, Immigrant Song, you know, Good Times, Bad Times, Ramble On. So, like, a lot of their songs are really good. Don't don't, don't get song. me wrong. But, um, yeah, there's there's a couple of duds. But, yeah, that opening to Led Zeppelin 2, Whole Lot of Love, brilliant. Just excellent. Interesting thing, Led Zeppelin. Like, um, I don't necessarily think they're overblown, but um, Jimmy Page was pissed all the fucking time. Right. Like, really, really drunk. Had a real problem with drink. And so if you watch any of their live stuff, he's a brilliant, brilliant player and you can see it, but he's so sloppy. And the thing about people like Jimi Hendrix was that he was sloppy, but in a, in a kind of calculated way. Whereas I never quite felt that with Jimmy Page. Now, people will disagree with me. I think he's a brilliant, brilliant guitarist. Don't get me wrong. And he was so innovative and so interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've, I, you know, I've seen, um, I can't remember which of the live DVDs that you can get of them. But I was like, bloody hell, there was like a 20-minute guitar solo. And I was just like, Jesus, this is getting a bit wanky. Um, <laughs> I am exhausted. And, uh, you know, I love all of them. I, I, I think they're all, all of them, are, they're like a supergroup. I mean, they kind of are a supergroup. They got the best people who are around. That's how they how they formed Led Zeppelin. But um, fantastic uh, band. And that song, Whole Lot of Love, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant riff. Great bit of kind of uh, hook stuff. And then they've got the weird experimental section in the middle, which was very Led Zeppelin, and then all brings it back in. So, and, you know, Robert Plant's voice, guitar playing, John Bonham, John Paul Jones. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. Other one, side note, is that we talked earlier about um, a number encompassing everything at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this one... You, I, I've not put it as my favourite, but it is mm. really important to me, which is the song 2112 by Rush. Do you know this song? No, I don't. Good. It will take you 20 minutes to listen to it. So, oh, I, uh, ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. One of them. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. So um, it's just Rush. I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Rush because um, they have this massive cult following, right? Like really, really huge and everyone loves them. And um, they're really, really great, but they're just on that borderline between you're great at your instrument and you're disappearing up your own asshole. Mm. So when they hit it well, they hit it really bloody Delicate well. But sometimes they do disappear up inside like their own asshole. Um yeah. It can it can be difficult. Um and then you have to go, come on Geddy Lee, come out. You're, you know, one of the best bass players in the world, but please come mm. out of your own butthole. Um 
that sounds really bad but i do i think they're brilliant like i really enjoy it it's just like sometimes it's just like oh come on man just write a good hook because i know you can and they can but they basically um they basically said we're not gonna just write all these commercial poppy songs we're gonna be really experimental with it which i do love i love that they exist and i love that they did that and 2112 is a science fiction story based on a book that the drummer neil pert read and it's really really well constructed it's it's like set into like i think five different acts or something but the very first bit contains elements of every single section so yeah. it's it is really cleverly done and that's the thing about rush is that it's all really really clever and they're they're another super group geddy mm. lee alex lifeson on guitar <coughs> and neil pert on drums oh i've just swallowed my own brain um <laughs> So they're not a, a group that was assembled like a supergroup. They mm. just were. And mm. what's really interesting about them is that the guitarist isn't the one that everyone's heard of, weirdly. Yeah. I mean, or the guitarist isn't like... Um, wow, that usually when you listen to a band and people are like, wow, that guitarist is really good. And people tend to pick out the guitarist. Whereas in Rush, it's the opposite. You pick out the bass mm. player and the drummer, which is really interesting. Um, but yeah, Rush 2112. It's worth a listen. If you've got like a 20 minute car journey and you don't want to listen to anything Well, like else. when I'm cleaning, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's a really music. cool, it's got some really great individual sections in there. Temples of Syrinx is a brilliant, brilliant kind of bit of music. Um, and the drumming's all brilliant. The bass playing's all brilliant. The guitarist's all brilliant. Geddy Lee's a great singer and he's really multi-talented. Anyway, check out Rush 2112 and check out, you know, Led Zeppelin in case you've not heard of them. Okay, I'm going to do my <laughs> shout outs. Yeah, um, do all that jazz it's obviously brilliant yes it's just i just didn't take the time to sit and break down more yep. than five it's a brilliant opening number ticks all the boxes love it love it i still love Catherine zeta jones it i love you can you can actually look up like compilation videos of all the different ways that all that jazz because oh my god in new york they're fucking obsessed with chicago the musical oh, I bet. it's been it's the longest running musical in new york um so you can look up like compilations of all the different ways that it's been done and it's always it's always you know consistent you know it's that song and it's part of this musical but everyone has it just that little bit unique and it's so sexy and delicious and yep. welcoming you into in the, fact the didn't musical. we use that in this podcast one sort of it's, like, it's our outro music yeah, yeah. Um, the um the, the the bits i always remember of that song are weirdly the intro to that song because uh, i love i love the song itself but so it's got catchy, all this amazing it immediately mm. puts you in the right Don't. place. Well, no, the... And that's like so, four minutes um, long. It immediately goes, you're in 1920s Chicago. It does. Like, that's what it, it says. Really so um, it just tells you exactly where you are, what point in time. Love it. Um, I've got two other shout outs. One, just because it's so fucking iconic. How can you not? The hills are alive with the sound of music. Brilliant. Like how can like everyone's been in a field and thought about doing that. Like I don't I don't care who you yeah. are. I don't care how cool you fucking think My you are. It's, it's occurred to you. And then the third shout out I want to give is from Six the Musical, uh, which obviously um, I don't know if you know this, Cole, but Six the Musical hit Edinburgh about three years ago and absolutely took the world by storm. Boom. It was completely sold out for its whole Edinburgh run, which is rare. It then transferred to the West End, which is like the dream when you go to Edinburgh. Uh, it's about Henry VIII's wives, um, but it's like a feminist... It's not even it, retelling, but... But in a case of like, look, these women are more than just the women he decided to throw away. Yeah, yeah they're not um, just divorce beheaded, died, divorce beheaded, survived. And that's the that's how the opening song goes. Catherine Parr's so, really interesting. I know. Oh, they're so. We, let's not. I mean, we, they're all really we don't have time to, to go honest. into the actual history yeah. behind Sorry. it. Sorry. Yeah. Just the musical itself. Um, the opening song so i i know someone who 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 knows the girl who wrote it and she wanted it to feel like a gig she and if you you if you break down the music you can hear the the inspirations from um from various places you know uh, like there's one bit where someone goes so all the women can independ and then it carries on but you know that that's a reference to all you women anyway the opening song um, is like one of them just kind of goes, listen up, let me tell you a story. And it's stunning. And that it's go- it goes divorced, beheaded, died, 
da, da, yeah, yeah. Da, da, divorced, beheaded, survived. And then it ends with just for you tonight, we're divorced, beheaded, live. And it's fucking sick. And like, Boom. it's now, it now is on tours. It's opening all over the country. It was still on the West End up till lockdown and was actually one of the first shows to reopen and find ways to still perform. They did like a drive-through performance. It's all female, um, including the band. It's just sick. So yeah, it deserved a shout Boom. out. Boom. Boom. Wow, we've talked about a lot today. I realised another one that I forgot to mention was um, Iron Maiden's Moonchild, which is the start of the album Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, which is my favourite Iron Maiden album, except for maybe Number of the Beast, but, you know, because that's the first concept album and everything is contained within that one song. Love a concept Again. album. So... I can't Sorry about that. You I just forgot. I had to hell. say it. There's but so much we, we could still talk about, but we we've could, really we gone do, off on one. We've done an hour. You've got to get going. Yeah. One day we should just talk about some concept albums at some point. I would love that. I would love that. Because there'll be something um, you know that I don't know about, I'm sure. There's actually so. a lyric in the opening six song about. Um, so it, Anne Boleyn introduces herself by going. I'm Anne Boleyn and I'm up next. See, I broke England from the church. Yeah, I'm that sexy. Boom. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Anyway. Really interesting. I think we've we've thrown so much information at we people. Have. We've really nerded out today. That's right. Hope you were able to keep up, you guys. Uh, uh, and if love. not, you've got loads of songs to go and listen to. We've made you a playlist. There you exactly. go. Exactly. <laughs> go listen. Um, apart from that, though. Have a good one, you guys. Find us on the socials. You know where we are. And we'll see you next week. Boom. See you next week, folks. Bye-bye. Peace.